Thanks, it's quite a double act, isn't it, this morning? <laughs> well, hi, I'm Kath, um, and I'm going to be rounding up our series on peace. And um, I'm going to be talking about how do we have peace of mind. There we go, that's a helpful image, isn't it? And it's, I'm going last. We've had four amazing talks, haven't we? And it's quite hard to go last, because you think, has everything been said about peace? But oh no, it hasn't. There was more to say about peace. Um, so I have a bit of a confession, though. I have to say that I've not done very well with this recently. About three or four weeks ago, I had an essay due... No, three weeks ago, I had an essay due in. I'm doing a theology course. I had an essay deadline. That was stressful. Then the week after, single parents fair last week, that was pretty stressful. And then today, I'm doing a talk. You know, that's quite a lot going on. Plus, normal life stresses. My daughter's doing her GCSE mocks. A little bit stressful, you know, just normal stuff. And I haven't done very well with this. I was listening to Dave's talk a few weeks ago when he was talking about where we find peace. And I was thinking, crumbs, I'm struggling with this. It's not good and it's not gone very well. But life is like this. People talk about it being like a roller coaster life, but I think it's a little bit more like dodgems. Like, I really do. I think you think you're going along okay, you've got a bit of this, you've listened to Dave's talk, you've listened to a few talks, and then suddenly, wham, at the side, side impact or a full out crash. And Christmas, Lynette, Christmas is coming around the corner, isn't it? It's that funny time of year where there's a lot of talk on peace and joy. And as the talk of peace and joy rises, stress also rises. It's like, it's like a conundrum we're in. What do we do? What on earth do we do? I wonder how you're all doing with this, this topic of peace. I wonder how we're all doing. We've had four talks now. Have we all nailed it? Anyone nailed it? Anyone got it? Well, I certainly haven't. But it's not just external stresses, is it? It's not just the stuff that comes at us. It's our internal stresses. And that's what I'm going to be talking about today. I wonder where our thoughts lie. I wonder where our thoughts go. I wonder what our minds are like. I love Claire Thompson's talk when she talks about this. She, she says our minds are a bit like a civil war, <laughs> like walking civil wars internally. And I kind of get that. Where there's struggles and strains, there's battles, there's stuff going on inside our heads. And there's sometimes not a lot of peace. And how do we ma maintain that lovely, that the need of peace to be within so that we can find and bring peace to everything around us? How on earth do we do that when we need peace in our inner deep places, the peace that God can give, the shalom? You know, we've talked about that a lot, as it should be this. You know, how do we, how do we get that as it should be this inside ourselves so then we can have it with God and then we can have it outwardly with creation with the people around us is this too big an ask I wonder well let me just read um, our bible passage today it's from Philippians 4 so rejoice in the Lord always I will say it again rejoice let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near do not be anxious about anything but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever, have you, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Gosh, there's a lot of richness. There's a lot of talk of peace. And I'm going to unpack a few of these things in my talk today. But let me just start by praying. Heavenly Father, I just, yeah, I just thank you 
that your peace is beyond our understanding in the difficulties and the strains. Your gracious, loving gift of peace is really, really powerful, and we need it. We really need it. We really appreciate your love and your kindness, and we pray this morning that you would reveal more to us, Lord Jesus. Amen. So so if Dave sort of started this journey off a few weeks, because he was talking about where we find peace, where do we go, that we're kind of looking for it in the wrong places, really. We're trying to control our environment to bring us peace, or we're trying to empty our environment and simplify life. We just look for it in the wrong places rather than looking for it in Jesus. I guess I'm going to be continuing that today, talking about how... We hold on to peace and how, we, how it's kind of a guard. It talked in Philippians about it being guard for our, our mind and our hearts. And I'm going to break this passage into three bits to help us. First of all, looking up, looking up to God, rejoice and worship. Look around. The next bit, be thankful, thankfulness and gratefulness. And then looking away, looking away from the unhelpful to what is helpful, what is true, what is good. We know we're in a mental health crisis. It's almost like the more culturally we're advanced, the worse our mental health gets. It's like doing a nosedive, isn't it? It's a really interesting phenomena. And actually, I'd quite like to spend a few minutes talking about our well-being cafe because we decided in church that with this terrible situation of poor mental health, that we would try to do something about it by putting up um, and setting up a well-being cafe, which we have done. And it's on Wednesdays, and it's absolutely great. You can see the flyer there, Wednesdays afternoons at the Albert's Place building. And we set it up because mental health and well-being are really important. Now, well-being, I think we know what that means, doesn't it? Society uses it a lot these days. But I kind of believe that it's the movement towards being whole in mind and body, but also in spirit. There's a lot of mind and body out there, but it's also about spirit. And this is where our well-being cafe differs, because we really believe that we need to be spiritually well. And that's really important. God's spirit in us is the thing that brings us into fullness of life. And I do like this quote, We are a spirit that lives in a body and has a soul. We are a spirit. We're spiritual people. It's really important to recognize that. So in our well-being cafe, we do all the good things that everyone knows that are really important for well-being. We're gathered together, so we're community. We're a safe place. We're building relationship. That's really important. We're being creative. We do lots of crafty things. That's really good for your mental health. We're learning, so we have a little input um, about well-being. So we're learning about that. That's really good. But then, then we offer a time of prayer. We actually have a time where people can connect with God directly. And that's, that's really essential, isn't it? So we have this beautiful time of prayer, and it's almost, it's quite a sanctuary, actually. There are people who are coming who say it is the highlight of their week. Isn't that phenomenal? That's amazing, isn't it? But we're also really clear, we're very clear at the Wellbeing Cafe that we're not mental health professionals. We're, we're not that. We're there to create a safe space, but we're not mental health professionals. And I think that's really important, even in church, for us to know that if your need is great, if your mental health need is great, you do need to seek out professional help. And that's something important. But we all, we all need good mental health. We all need that, don't we? The Wellbeing Cafe is open to all of us. And if you want to come and see it, come. It's re- I get a lot from it. It's really good. So come or invite somebody. We have flyers at the back. So invite people to come if you think it would be good for them. So, three things to living with peace of mind. So, firstly, look up. 
look up, remember what God has done. Rejoice in the Lord. And it says always, always. Is there space in your week for this, for worship? Are you, are you good at that? Are, are you good at just looking up at God and worshiping him? Praise and worship, it lifts our eyes from our needs and our circumstances to God in whom all things are possible. Rachel last week talked about how God makes the impossible possible. And that's what worship does. We recognize that he's, he's in control. Tyler Staten says, adoration, which is worship, given to God, is always given back to us. As we look to God and see who he is and elevate him, we recognize who we are. And that kind of brings us up as well. And we know that we're loved and adored children of God. I'm really, really inspired when I see people who do this, who've got hold of this, who understand they trust in God for the impossible and how it changes them and the peace they have. My son, I know a lot of you know, my son's not been very well and he's got a tummy problem and he's got like a fatigue thing and he's managing at university part-time and he's doing really well, but it's still a deep, deep struggle. And when I get a bit stressed, I'm talking to him on the phone and I'm going, how are you managing? Are you all right? I feel my stress level's going. He goes, mom, it's fine. God's in this. I have learned that God is in this. It doesn't really, you know, like I've got deadlines, but God will give me enough time. I'm not sleeping very well, but he'll give me enough. I will do it. It'll be fine. God's in this. And I'm like, wow, you're amazing. You've learned something here that I'm still struggling with. And we do, the worship does that. It helps us to remember that God's in control. What a doorway to hope. So the second thing is look around. In every situation, it says, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. With thanksgiving. We're encouraged to pray with thanksgiving. Start with what you have and not what you don't. Look around. See the small things, the big things. Be thankful. When my kids, when my little ones were really small, I found this really hard because I'd get to the end of the day and i think, Oh, I haven't done anything. It's been so hard. All these things I need to do and I just can't do it. I love being with my kids. I still found it really, really hard. And God just spoke to me once and he was like, Kath, you need to rewire your thinking. You need to look at all the things that are going well. And I, and I started to do that. I started to get to the end of the day and think, oh, but this has happened. And I read them a story and I did this and I did that. And actually just shifted, shifted my thinking enormously. And there is a load of evidence out there, loads of research that says that gratitude and thankfulness is good for you. It can rewire how your brain thinks. That's called neuroplasticity, how your brain can actually change through doing stuff like like being grateful. So there's this article in Harvard Health Publishing, which is all stuff from Harvard, which is very exciting. Martin, the doctor, psychologist Martin um, Seligman, from the University of Pennsylvania, did, a, did a, um, a research project where he looked at different psychological interventions. So I guess things like CBT and mindfulness and all these. So he looked at a load of different ones um, and he compared the results with people's happiness and where they, how they did with that. And actually there was one week where they had to write a letter of thank you to somebody that hadn't been appreciated properly and they had to hand deliver it. So a simple thing, just write, write thank you on a card, hand deliver it to, to somebody. That week, their kind of happiness scores were higher than with any other intervention. Isn't that amazing? Simple act. And yet that had transformed them. That is amazing to me. And it lasted. There were benefits from that that lasted 
So they, they say in their article, there's a quote from them, gratitude is a way for people to appreciate what they have instead of always reaching for something new in the hope that it will make them happier or thinking they can't feel satisfied until every physical and material need is met. Well, we've got a lot to say into that, haven't we? And although it may feel contrived at first, this mental state grows stronger with use and practice. There we go. That's the rewiring of your thinking. And research also shows that gratitude can actually reduce our stress hormone, cortisol. It can actually dampen that down, which decreases symptoms of depression and anxiety. It can change the front bit of your brain, the the, um, prefrontal cortex, which is really the site responsible for managing negative emotions and guilt, shame, violence. It has a direct effect on it. That's just gratitude. So it says, be thankful to God. He is the giver of good things. So bring our thanks to God as well. So maybe you could, at the end of the day, write five things down that you're thankful for. Maybe in the morning you can wake up and give God thanks for something. Maybe you can say thank you to somebody in the week. Maybe you could just make that part of your rhythm. So number three, look away from unhelpful to excellent. Now, I'm going to spend a bit of time on this one because there's a bit to say about this. So I love this quote from Martin Luther. It says, you can't control what birds fly over your head, but you can control whether they nest in your hair. I like that quote. It's good, isn't it? So it just means you can't control. There's lots of thoughts. There's lots of stuff going on. Sometimes we can't control it, but we can control what what it does inside us. That's a great thing, isn't it? And we need God's help, don't we, though, with these things to guard our minds. What are you guys focusing on? What are you thinking about? What's feeding into your mind? Do you believe, do you believe that you can change how you think? It's a key question, isn't it, for us? I wonder if any of you have actually monitored your thoughts for a minute. I wonder if you've ever done that. So it's a a practice, a mindfulness practice, which I quite like. You could give it a go. Take a book hard doing this without a third hand and you put your finger you give you time yourself for a minute you put your finger in the middle of a book on the spine of a book and you monitor your thoughts for one minute and if your thoughts go into the future if you're worrying about an event or something that's going to happen you move your finger towards that end and if your thoughts go backwards into time or with regrets or I wish I'd done that or that was awful or whatever or if even positive things, just monitor where your thoughts go for a minute. Try and keep it in the, in the present, but just see what happens. It's a really useful um, thing just to analyze what you do and where your thoughts go. I wonder if you're a perfectionist or an over-planner or catastrophizer even. Are you, are you prone to spiraling? But we can absolutely change our behavior of our thoughts with the power of the Holy Spirit. So here are some things that that can help us. So three things, throw out the rubbish, receive peace, and join the mind gym. So the first one, throw out the rubbish. So Paul encourages us to take the things that we are worried about to God in verse 6 of our our passage and present your request. This is the presenting your requests to God But leave them there. (laughs) Don't take them away again and hold them in your mind. Give your anxious thoughts to God. Give all your thoughts to God. Those, Those things that are pressing and difficult, leave them. Let him deal with them.
No panic, no panic. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety onto him because he cares for you. This word cast, I always think of a fishing rod with cast. Do you think of a fishing rod? But it's not. It actually means throw, throw. It's a really forceful word. It's really active. Throw your anxiety, your anxious thoughts to him. Wow. But we can trust Jesus with us because he cares for you. The third one, receive peace. Remember, remember that Jesus is in the boat. Now, Dave, when he did his talk, when he did going deeper afterwards, he shared the story. And I think it's really powerful for us to remember this, that Jesus is in the boat. So when the disciples were on the boat and the storm came and they didn't know what to do and they were terrified and Jesus, they saw him asleep and he woke him up and he calmed the storm. They remembered that Jesus was there and he could calm the storm. Now, this story is in Matthew, Mark and Luke, so it's important for us. God gives his peace. His presence is his peace. Jesus was right with them. They'd kind of forgotten that he was right there. And God is right with us. His presence is his peace. This passage in Philippians is bookmarked with two two, um, things about God being close. At the beginning, it says, the Lord is near. And at the end, it says, and the God of peace be with you. Two statements are really powerful. I think when things are said a few times, you have to listen to them. And there's so many Bible references of God being with us. The whole Bible is a story, Old Testament, New Testament. It's all about God's presence, his desire to be with us, the peace that he can bring. And the positiveness of peace that moves us on and gives us access to to God's infinite love. He's the safe place. He's in the boat. I think sometimes we ask God to be with us, don't we? I know I do this. I ask God to be with me, but actually he is already there. I forget that. We have to be good at remembering he's already there. Invite him into the situation. And also, he's not asleep, guys. He's not asleep. He's wide awake. Psalm 121, the message, he won't let you stumble. Our guardian God won't fall asleep, not on your life. Israel's guardian will never doze or sleep. God's wide awake. He's attentive. He's absolutely attentive. So draw God in. Let him do that heavy lifting of peace. So the last one, retrain, train your minds for the positive, the mind gym. So all about that changing how you think. So we let go of the bad stuff. God's in the boat. He's with us. But also we have to train our minds. We need to be disciplined and choose what to think of us. And this verse gives us loads of good stuff. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy. This is where the peace of God is unlike anything else. God gives us stuff. He gives us words. He gives us things to hold on to, good stuff to hold on to. It changes us and leads us to joy like a seal. This is the seal on our minds, guys. But sometimes it's hard to do that, isn't it? And this is where the Bible's really good. So I'll just go back to when we were at Single Parents uh, at the Wellbeing Cafe We were making bookmarks. I've actually got it. We were making bookmarks the week before Single Parents Fair. I didn't have much peace. We were making bookmarks. And um, I turned to Jeremy. Oh, oh, so so I thought when we made these bookmarks, we could write some things down that might be helpful. And um, it says on the left, things that I might say. I know it's hard to read. I'm really sorry. 
things that I might say, things that God says, and Bible verses that proves it. So this is all about holding on to what's good and pushing out the bad. And we were putting things on our Bible verses. And I turned to Jeremy. I said, I think this one's really important for me. And he laughed because he was like, yeah, that's the single parents fair coming up, speaking to you. If you do the next slide. And it's this one. It will be worth it. (laughs) That was really important for me to hear. It will be worth it. And it was worth it. It was absolutely worth it. But at that moment, I needed to hear that from God. It will be worth it. And that was really, really important. It jumped out at me. Romans 8, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who are being called according to his purpose. That truth set deeply in me at the Wellbeing Cafe. I found that I became thankful, thankful for the volunteers, thankful for all the stuff that had happened. Just an immeasurable amount of stuff that happened before the single parents fair. And that made me praise God. I praised God. I knew, I knew that he was in charge and it was going to be good. He'd make the impossible possible. And then... I just felt so loved. And not only me, I knew that everyone coming to help was loved and all the people coming for the single parents were for loved. Could you see how that mind process changed then? So that's me coming to the end of what I wanted to say. But I thought before we finish, I'm just going to ask us to do one small little thing. We did this in well-being the other day. It's called a breath prayer. So we're just going to finish by this. And this is a way of bringing mind, body and, and soul together spirit together. So breathing is really good for our mental health. If we focus on our breathing, it's really good. So as you're sat there, put your hand on your tummy. Just put it on your tummy right now. And just focus in on your breathing. This is really good to calm your head and thoughts. Focus on your breathing for just a moment. And then we can bring prayer into this. This is an ancient practice. This isn't weird stuff. This is an ancient Christian practice. So we can bring our prayers into our breathing. So as you breathe in, we're going to take that bottom one. I will never leave you. I want you to think about that as you take a breath in. God will never leave you. Breathe that into your body. And then as you breathe out, think of a negative thought. Maybe you've thought of something this morning that's been going around your head, something stressful. Breathe that out. So breathe in. I will never leave you. And then breathe out your negative thought. It's a really simple practice. It's really powerful. It's really profound. So this morning, I guess, in my talk, if there's something that's, that I've said that's been important to you, I have two things here. Do get some ministry. There'll be people at the back. Do get somebody to pray for you. So maybe, like me, somebody here struggles to see the good, struggles in gratefulness, struggles to get to the end of their day and think anything good has happened do go and get some prayer. And also for some people, maybe you genuinely think Jesus is a bit asleep in your life. Maybe he is asleep. Maybe he's not very active. Maybe you can't see him, find him, know him. He is there, but maybe you need some prayer on that. So go and get some help. Okay, I'll hand back to Craig.